was depressed and I was broke and I couldn't afford my own place. So I basically had a roommate and my kids and I shared one bedroom and couldn't even afford a bed. That was Christina Kuzmich, my guest this week. Hi, I'm Dan Portnoy and welcome to Copy That, a show about learning on the creative side of things. Thanks for joining me. Now, Christina first rose to fame after she entered a video contest in which Oprah gave a TV show to the winner. Well, she won. And since then, she's amassed quite the following on YouTube and Facebook for her videos about parenting and motherhood. Today, she's going to share with us her path and the strength required to take the road less traveled by when the chips are down. Let's get into it. Christina, thanks so much for being here. Thanks for having me. Well, today, can you just walk me through, like, from the time of meeting you and even finding out who you were, which was under this auspices of mountaintop like experiences <laughs> um and then like the last and then you've just like built this whole thing on being real and being funny and like i don't know like the whole mom side of the internet is is a very precarious one to me it is um uh, because at any moment things could go bad <laughs> um or it, it would it would appear that like um, there, there's a very strong group, and but once Mama Bear is engaged, may, maybe in a negative way, things get out of whack really fast. Yeah. So, so can you tell me just a little bit about? So, you've been in LA how long now? Uh, thirteen years. Oh, dang. Yeah. And so, and was that when when that started? Was that was that a low point or a high point or no. how did that go? So, for you? I was in my first marriage, and my first kid was like two, and my second kid was just born. And we came here because uh, my ex-husband's education. And, but I went to college in L.A. before. And then, so I, I've, it wasn't my first time to L.A. Anyway, so that was fine. But then a couple years later, um, I went through divorce. And then it was bad. It was really bad. <laughs> it was really bad. <laughs> yeah, my, my, my accent changes when I talk about how bad it was. Really? Um, so, yeah. So it kind of came on a... You know, my marriage isn't great, but whatever. I'm gonna. We're. I. My kids are never gonna go up in a divorce home, so we're gonna make it work. And then. So you. So um, you doubled down. Yeah, and then that didn't work out for Ouch. me. So um, so yeah. Then I hit a really, really, really big low. I was depressed and I was broke and um, I couldn't afford my own place, so I basically had a roommate and my kids and I shared one bedroom and couldn't even afford a bed. Three we, kids. Two kids. Two kids and, yeah. and you, one bedroom. Yeah. And um, my we were sleeping on the floor, and one of my friends from high school, actually, who happened to live in L.A., was like, your kids cannot sleep on a floor. I'm buying them a bunk bed. So we went to Ikea, which is a great place for bunk beds. Totally. And um, they got bunk beds, and then eventually I ended up with a mattress, and then eventually I ended up with a bed. But <laughs> starting off, um, yeah, and, you know, had to do the whole thing, applied for food stamps and Medi-Cal and all that, and trying to work two part-time jobs to make ends meet and just sunk into a depression and hated myself, hated my life, felt like my kids deserve better. It was just like not exactly how I pictured my life. You know, I didn't grow up thinking I can't wait someday to be divorced, depressed and broke. <laughs> yeah, yeah, nobody nobody signs up for that. <laughs> no, I haven't I've never heard a kid daydream about that. <laughs> yeah. So so then how does how does it go from that which sounds terribly low? To then, I mean, how do you even get on the the own radar? How does that even? Oh, the whole Oprah thing. Yeah. Well, it was a long journey. Well, sure. Right. So, um, 
Well, so I don't know how long you want my stories to be. <laughs> I'm a very, I'm not a short storyteller. Okay. Well, uh, I mean, you know. How much time do we have? Techni- <laughs> technically all of the time. Okay, perfect. So we'll be here until my 90th birthday. Um, so, okay, so I'm going through all my crap, right? And anybody who's gone through just like hating their life knows that you become super self-absorbed. And all you can think about is my life sucks. No one gets it. I feel alone. Everything's wrong. Like you just, it's like there's not a positive thought and you can't really think about other people because you are just in your misery. And so I was going through the motions of raising my kids. My kids were one and a half and three when I got divorced. So they're really little. They're both still in diapers. And I'm just, you know, trying to put on a fake smile for them and make their life good. But I am just dying inside and just obsessed with myself and how much my life sucks. And then I had this epiphany one night. I was like, okay, how do I stop just like dwelling on how much everything sucks? And the only thing I think of is like, oh my gosh, I'm going to volunteer. That's perfect because then just even for a few hours a week, I won't have time to think about how much my life sucks. I'll be thinking about how much somebody else's life sucks. Just kidding. <laughs> anyway, um, and so I call up, I call up, you know, all the typical local places you would call up to volunteer, homeless shelters, and I called up the Los Angeles Children's Hospital, all, that, all these places, and basically get denied by everybody, which if you're already low, if you already feel like a loser, and then you get denied from volunteering, that pretty much sucks. Yeah, denied from, yeah, who doesn't want volunteers? But it's because I didn't, I couldn't afford a babysitter, and like right. the only time I had to work, my kids were with their dad on the weekends. So on the weekends, I just worked nonstop. So during the week, I couldn't afford a babysitter. I'd have to bring my kids and right. all the volunteer places. So like, we don't want two toddlers yeah. helping. They don't help. Um, they damage everything. Yeah. And so anyway, I ended up basically deciding if I, if nobody will take me, I'll figure out a way to volunteer myself. And this was sort of like the epiphany I had and something I still carry throughout my life is I started thinking about like, even when I feel useless and worthless and I suck and everything sucks, is there one, one thing, no matter how insignificant it may seem that I can do. And that one thing I could think of is I know how to cook an amazing meal, like no money. And so impulsively sent an email to all my contacts in LA and said, every Wednesday night dinner, I'm going to feed people. So if you know anyone who needs a meal, maybe it's not even a financial need. Maybe they're way richer than me and just lonely and they just need company. Just invite them over and I'll feed people. And that was basically my turning point when I started feeding people on basically nothing. It was like 99 cents store pasta. Um, But it made me realize that if I stop focusing on all the things I can't do and don't have and instead find that one little thing Um, I can do, that's where sort of my attitude and my perspective and everything will change. And so that was sort of a shift in my life. And then eventually um, I got remarried and we couldn't afford a honeymoon. Um, He was in school. I was still waiting tables. And so the day after our wedding, um, my husband was like, babe, what do you want to do? Like, you've just been in survival mode. It's just been like trying to, you know, not drown. What do you want? You have all this passion. You have all this energy. What do you want to do? And So I thought about it for a while and I basically decided I felt like cooking saved my life. So I want to do something with cooking because cooking for strangers literally saved my life. And um, and I mean that like if it wasn't for those Wednesday dinners, I don't know if I'd be here today because I was pretty like certain that I should just not be alive. And then second of all, I would even if I was here, I would still be probably sleeping on the floor and depressed. So. I decided to make these little cooking videos with a friend who, you know, knew how to use a camera and I didn't. And I posted recipes online. 
And then eventually um, somebody said, it all actually happened really fast once I posted the recipe. Somebody was like, enter the Oprah competition. She's looking for the next TV star. And then I entered and then I won. And it was like the craziest thing because you have to remember like, it was only two years before this where I'm like, I can't pay rent. I have to go beg my landlord to give me extra time. I cannot pay rent and I'm going to be homeless with my kids. And now Oprah's like handing me a car in my own TV show. Two years. Two years between those two spots. Wow. Yeah. Wow. It was crazy. Well, that's like a crazy LA story. It is crazy LA story. Yeah. Like those are the stories that, that people way. are like, I have to move to LA now. I didn't think of it that way. Because I, I guess I think of LA stories like you're walking down the street and your life isn't so bad. And mm. then somebody goes, oh my gosh, you look like a model. And they hand you a million dollars. Mine was a little different than that. <laughs> no one's yeah. ever offered me a modeling contract. But if anyone listening wants to, I say don't. It's I'm not the best choice for that. <laughs> <laughs> but I've seen so many uh, high gloss photos of you. Uh, plunging a toilet yes. and yes. Um, doing terrible mom things. Yes. Um, Did you see the most recent one where I'm sitting on the toilet yeah. and I've put do not enter signs and stop signs all around and my toddler is still grabbing still. my leg because peeing in private is a luxury when you are a parent. It's a luxury. Wow. <sighs> I have, I'm fortunate to become a parent when they're older. Yeah. I'm much older. I don't have so to do that. So they don't burst There's, in? No. They don't go, how's it going in there? No. no. <laughs> that's good. Um, sometimes conversations still. Yeah. Which I'm like, Through a closed can door? I? Yeah. Okay, that's yeah, good. Thank yeah, thank God. That'll never end. Yeah. Oh, They'll be really? like 50 and still <laughs> like, hey, can we talk? Hey, what are you doing? Yeah. I'm. <laughs> what do you think I'm doing? <laughs> what, what could I be doing? <laughs> Obviously, redesigning the vanity. <laughs> that's what I'm doing <laughs> right. right now. Oh, man. Yeah, that's, that's wild. That's just a wild part of, yeah, I don't, I'm. I'm floored um, at that that side of parenting. But what, yeah, yeah. But what I mean, so so with that though, like, because I really want to kind of dive in like, this. I mean, you weren't thinking any better than like, I just want to be able to get up tomorrow. Oh yeah. Then that I mean, there was no like plan. It was, was no I feel bad. This makes me feel a little better. I yeah. should probably do you know something like that. You know what it felt like, like? It felt like when you're drowning, and it's like. You're trying to, you're not even trying to not drown, like never feel like you're drowning. You're just trying to get like a little relief. Like, can I keep my head above water for a few extra minutes just so I can really take a good deep breath? That's what it felt like. So it was never like, I'm going to cook dinners and it's going to save my life. It was never that. That's because that's the LA story part of it. Yeah. yeah, yeah. That's like, and then I thought, and the wind comes. No, none of that. Yeah. That's wild. But, but I think for me, I think what I had to realize, so when I was really super miserable, and I still sometimes get temptation to do this, and I think a lot of people, humans, get into the temptation of doing this, is just waiting. Like we sit around and we go, okay, one, if this and this happens, or once that and that happens, then I'm going to find love. Then I'm going to get my dream job. Then I'm going to do this. Then I'm going to, right? It's like... <laughs> Those are my dogs. Then the dogs come. Then the dogs start barking when you're yeah. quiet. You want to hear my mom voice? Quiet. <laughs> it's a little lower than normal. Quiet. Yeah, it also cuts. It cuts distances too. Very. Yes. Low. Yes. Hey, Grammy. Quiet. Um, I think we spend too much time waiting. Are you done? Are you done? Yeah, she is. She's a happy dog. Um, so, yeah. So I was 
I found myself when I was miserable, and again, I'm still sometimes tempted now, is to wait, to just be like, okay, okay, things, I just have to wait for this or that to change in my life, and then my life's going to be good. And it was when I decided, no, I'm going to get proactive. Like, I'm going to get feisty, which I think is one of the most important human tools to have. You have to have feistiness in your toolbox if you want to survive. If you actually want to enjoy your life, you have to be feisty. And so um, it's when I get fe- then and even now when I get feisty and I'm like, I'm not waiting around. Like, no one's going to knock on my door and hand me something. Like, I'm going to have to work my butt off and I'm going to have to fight for it. And I'm going to have to do it even when I don't feel like it and even when I'm tired and even when I have a million really, really remarkable excuses, like well-thought-out excuses. I still have Multi-part. to Multi-part. Yes, yes. yes. Um, so, yeah. I th- so, so just not waiting for permission, right? Is, that, is it permission or is it just waiting in general? Permission is part of it. But I think we all, like, it's almost like we don't realize how much power we have to make something happen. So it's like we need things to line up exactly how we envision they should be lined up before that thing that we want happens. Instead of going, you know what, by starting it, by doing something, that's when things will start to line up. Right, because then other people go, oh, you're doing that thing. Yeah. And then it helps. Yeah. When I decided to send in that Oprah tape, I almost didn't because I was like, it's such a waste of time. Like, not for one second sending in the audition tape did I go, Oprah's going to call me. I mean, come on. And I had somebody in my life say to me, like, kind of sarcastic, like, oh, yeah, she'll be calling you, like, kind of like joking. And my husband heard that. And looked at me and said, you're going to win this thing, babe. And it, I don't know that he really believed that time, but it's like he had this, you know, you go get him. Like you've been through hell and stay feisty and don't you let anyone mock you, you know. And so, yeah, I, th- I think that's another part of it. you got to have people in your life that are rooting for you. Sure. You can't do it alone. Sure. Are those tough conversations. Yeah. I mean, do you mean just encouragement or do you mean the ones that are just holding your feet to the like, fire a little bit? Like too? kicking your butt a little bit. Yeah. Encouragement yeah. is great, but a lot of sure. it is passive. Oh, yeah. It's like, you're doing great. Well, that's not going to do anything for me. But if you say, hey, you know what? You need to get on that. You need to send that tape in or you need to do this. Or have you finished writing that chapter? You know. Yeah. And that's that's also an L.A. story. Yeah. <laughs> yeah <exactly. laughs> you're doing great. It's, oh, my God. I know. There's so much. I I. One of my least favorite things is passive, like people being passive. And so much of that encourage, it's all fluff, you know, or even hope. I I love the idea of hope if it's proactive hope. But if it's like sitting on my butt, I really hope someone discovers me. I really hope I get to write a book. Like, stop. Like, take that hope and put it into action. So full on Rapunzel. Yeah. (laughs) Full on Rapunzel. Someday. Yes. And you have to talk in that voice. Yeah, yeah. Right. Well, when I'm a princess, that's, yes. that's usually the Is voice that your I take. Voice? Yeah, totally. <laughs> totally. <laughs> so, so you take these steps, you find out, like, I mean, even taking those steps, I mean, because we know creatively you could take all those steps and yeah. not have that kind of launch that, that you did. Um, what then, like, all of a sudden you're swimming in really rare territory. Right. And then, because like what, what did it, because there was a tie then, right? Or she couldn't, she had a tough time deciding, right? She picked two winners. Right. And it was like the most amazing thing because I was so rooting for Zach Anner, who was my co-winner. I mean, so genuinely rooting for him because we had become friends and he's just such an incredible person. And 
I didn't even realize he was so rooting for me. So like winning it, if I had won it, it would have been like, oh no, I wanted him to win kind of thing, but yay. And he would have felt the same way. So it was just like the perfect, perfect Oprah-esque. Oprah did the most Oprah thing possible and she yes. made us both winners. It's awesome. Yeah. It's awesome. So, but then that didn't go exactly according to plan either. No. And I learned a huge lesson. So it's funny when I think back, I didn't realize back then that I actually had the same exact goal in mind that I do now through all my videos. Because when I sat in those production meetings, and by the way, when Oprah gave me the show, she grabbed me by the shoulders, which feels like, ah, that's what it feels like. Yeah. And, um, and she was like, I love how real you are. I love that you don't try to be perfect. I love how, you know, you're just, you just put it out there and blah, blah, blah. And that's what makes, like, I think the way she worded it is that, that's what makes you bring the light is that you're so real. And I was like, oh my gosh, this is an amazing moment. And then she was off doing a million projects and I got stuck with TV execs who basically hated all my ideas. And when I look back on my ideas, my ideas had the same goal that I have now, which was, you know, I said, let's do a cooking episode where my kid is throwing a huge tantrum. And they're like pulling on my pants and I'm trying to cook. And, and you know, and I said, mom's out there watching it. Will this, they, they're craving this. They're so sick of the perfect kitchen with the perfect chef. They want to be like, oh my gosh, thank you. You just made me feel normal. Thank you. And the TV execs are like, no, that's not going to look pretty. No, 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 that won't work. And I was like, okay, okay, okay. I have another idea. How about we do this episode where I'm cooking this elaborate meal and I spend all this time on it and then somebody breaks something or something happens. So I get distracted by motherhood and then I come back and the whole thing is burnt. And then the episode ends with us ordering pizza. And they're like, no, like, no, that, no, this is a cooking show. No. And I'm like, listen, we'll still have nice recipes and whatever, but come on, like, this is... So if you think about it, that's exactly what I'm doing now through my parenting videos, right? I just want to make moms feel like you're... Oh, you feel nuts? Oh, you think it's all crazy? Yep, that's normal. You're totally normal. So anyway, all my ideas got denied. And I, at the time... And this is the lesson I learned. I, at the time, felt like if I speak up too much, if I say no, if I say, that's not me, I'm not willing to compromise who I am, then I'm going to be super ungrateful. Like, people are going to think I'm ungrateful. And people are, and you know, everyone's going to be like, there, there were like almost 20,000 people that auditioned for that thing and you won and now you're complaining, poor little Christina isn't getting the show she wanted, you know. So I just, it was a, such a great lesson in just because someone's handing you something doesn't mean you have to take it in that form. Like you, you can stand up for yourself and be grateful at the same time, like totally. those two, you know. And so it was really an important lesson for me because if that had been super successful show the way it was, I would probably, you know, through all those connections, be on Food Network right now in a perfect little outfit with a perfect kitchen. Pretending. Giada than you. Yeah, exactly. Right. I don't know if I'm up to that part, but yes. <laughs> um, I would be basically playing a character. Right. Instead of being yes. me. And every mom watching would be like, yep, her life's perfect and I can't relate. And I would be doing opposite of what my whole goal is. Like I would be actually making moms feel worse about their life. So um, that not working out and me learning that lesson of like, I never want to feel that fakeness again. I mean, I remember my, my husband wanted to throw me a party for the premiere episode. He's like, babe, a few years ago, like you were a mess. And now you freaking have a TV show on the Oprah Winfrey. Like we got to throw a party. And I start crying and I said, I'm, kind of embarrassed of the show because it's not it, I, I feel like it's gonna hurt mom I, I actually feel like it's gonna like hurt people in a sense obviously it wasn't that dramatic but <laughs> it was opposite of what my goal was right you know because it, it was continuing gonna, the facade yeah piece. it's not gonna add any good to a struggling mom 
And where my whole passion for everything from that to what I'm doing now came from is I want to be for others what I needed when I slept on that floor. Mm. And that cooking show was not me being that yeah. for anyone. So um, so then a few years later when I decided, oh, oh, and then after that, by the way, after that show flopped, I had meeting, I flew to uh, New York, had meetings with Food Network and had, I was, I met with, you know, NBC and I forget all the network. I had so many meetings and in every meeting, every idea I had was like turned down because they just wanted me to be an expert. And I'm like, I'm an expert at winging it. I'm an expert at being super flawed. I'm an expert at being a mess. Like, you want to see stretch marks with cellulite? I'm an expert. Like, I don't want to be this perfect little, you know what I mean. Yeah. No. And so I sort of. But that doesn't really jibe with TV, no. right? Because it's all the best part of. Yes. We cra- it's finely with the crafted. Instagram filter, right? Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So totally. I basically realized nobody wants me the way I am. And I don't like the feeling of being fake so obviously i will never be in the entertainment industry and that's okay like i have to just oh you came to you went that far down the road yeah i i was sad but i was like uh, it's something i have to accept i either decide to be fake and play a character or i don't do this and i was like i don't want to do this i just didn't like that feeling of life is perfect um i almost it sounds weird but i almost felt like i was betraying that girl you know the the me on the floor like i felt like i was betraying her by being fake so anyway um, I have my, my new husband and I have another kid and blah, blah, blah. And I'm sitting on the couch and I'm breastfeeding my baby and this amazing moment. I know he's my last child and there's freaking milk coming out of my chest into his mouth and it's nourishing. Like that's the most magical, uh, unbelievable thing I think. And as this is happening, instead of going, wow, this is so amazing that my body can do this. I'm staring down my stomach going, your stomach looks like a freaking roadmap, Christina. It is, I mean, there's Italy. I see Italy right there. (laughs) It is bad. (laughs) And it sort of hit me like, how many other moms right now are missing out on this incredible moment? Because, oh, they're, you know, they're judging something, whether it's their stomach or their life or their kitchen or their marriage or whatever. They're judging something and not enjoying the good in their life. And the very next day I took out a camera that a friend had given me, Zach Anner, actually the same guy, one, he gave me a camera months before that, trying to guilt me into making videos, and um, took out the camera, and I shot my first parenting video called Four Reasons Stretch Marks Are Sexy, and basically kind of tried to point out, you know, with humor, just kind of tried to encourage moms, and then that's where it all started. That's crazy. Yeah. So I also think that the other big thing I'm coming away with is that you mean you got a TV show and all of your problems didn't disappear? <laughs> like, because that's a, because that's the thing, yes. right? Like, when you get to the mountaintop, which oh, actually is when Oprah yeah. puts her hands on your shoulders yeah. and says, you've got it. You know, I had a friend during that time call me and tell me she was struggling. It wasn't even a close friend, by the way. And I said, oh, man, I'll be thinking about, I'll, you know, I'm, I'm thinking about you. And she goes, how about you think of me with your checkbook? Oh, dang. <laughs> That friendship didn't last. Yeah, but my point know. is, yes, people think you get this TV show and you are swimming in money right. and all your pro- and you're happy right. and your problems are gone. And the truth is, I still lived in my little apartment with my husband and our lives didn't change that much. Like, yes, the financial burden was off of us for a while. And that's great. But um, but again, I wasn't. I I wasn't getting to be authentic and not to sound cheesy, but you can't put a price on that. Like th- that's why I was willing to walk away from everything when you know I had all those other meetings is that 
no, I, I would never be happy if I had to be fake and if I couldn't authentically do what I was passionate about. And I think especially with art, like you, we all have, artists just have like this fire in them and this creativity. And if you can't be true to that, if you're having to shift it too many ways and change it where you don't even recognize it anymore, you're never going to feel fulfilled and you're just going to be miserable. It doesn't matter if it's Oprah or somebody, you know, writing you big checks. It doesn't matter. And if an artist isn't fulfilled, I think I think that's like the dangerous thing because that's when you're really going to get depressed because <laughs> you're like, I'm actually doing something and yet it I don't feel like I'm doing the thing I need to be doing. <laughs> that's that risky living. Yes. That's, that's where that comes in. <laughs> um, so then you you film, you film, did you just put it on YouTube? Yeah. Or just YouTube, and just random? I put like it on YouTube and then I linked it to Facebook and I was like, hey, hope a few friends watch it. And that was fine. And a few friends did. And it did fine. It yeah. wasn't anything. My, no, you know, just like a personal like I video. It put it out there and thought, no. I'm going to be famous now. Right. And then I made another one, another one. And by the fourth one, um, I made this sarcastic video called Four Reasons Women Should Never Breastfeed in Public. And it was basically super supportive of women breastfeeding, but it was mocking the arguments against it. And so I post that. And again, it's just like, oh, I'm doing this for fun. I got three kids. I'm busy. This is a side hobby. This is not a career. Well, I... I don't know if it was like a few days or weeks after I posted that video, I wake up to my phone blowing up. My friends are texting me, Ashton Kutcher shared your video, the breastfeeding video. I'm like, okay, Ashton is not breastfeeding. Why does Ashton care? What is happening? Well, they had just had their first baby, him and his wife, and she was breastfeeding. And I think, you know, he was kind of sick of the anti-breastfeeding arguments. So he posts it. So that goes viral. And that was my first video that hit a million views. And then like within weeks hit 4 million views. And I'm like, what is happening? Um, and then I still didn't think of it as like, this will be a career. Right. Because there was never careers like this before. I just thought it's resonating. I should keep going. And at this point, because it's viral, I'm starting to hear from other moms who are like, oh my gosh, thank you. You made me feel better. Oh my gosh, I can relate. So now I'm getting the, I'm, I know that I'm reaching the audience I wanted to reach. Right. I'm reaching that mom who's struggling. And then, um, just get making videos. Eventually it, you know, People Magazine calls once an interview about this video. And then, you know, Cosmopolitan calls and wants an interview about that video. And then HLN is like, hey, can you Skype with us? We want you on our morning news show. And I'm like, what is happening? So it, it kind of happened organically. But what I learned is just freaking figure out what you're passionate about and then be super authentic. And don't, don't try to figure out how is somebody else doing it. Like, don't compare. The envy don't. thing. Uh, the comparing thing is like the worst thing ever. It's self-abuse. That's what it is. Ooh, I never heard of that. Well, I just made that up. Bam. You quote me on that. That's I want that on T-shirts. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, what did I say, by the way? I got to remember now. <laughs> Comparison was, is self-abuse? Yeah, MD sure. Yeah, yeah, that's good. Yeah, that's good. self-abuse. That's, I like that's it. That's a chapter. Yeah. Now, buy my books and my videos. If you uh, steal that from me, I'm if totally I read that, that in your next yeah, book, totally we're going to have a problem. Yeah, totally stealing it. <laughs> my right lawyer here. will be calling you. I don't have a lawyer. <laughs> so if it sounds like me with an accent yeah. calling you. Yeah. <laughs> Hello. Hello, this is Christina's lawyer. <laughs> and, you and owe from her. East, Eastern Black Country. Right. You owe her $3 million <laughs> for that quote. <laughs> so, so then you... you so... All of a sudden, this is becoming a thing. And then did you immediately think like, well, there's a real opportunity here? Or were you still like, I mean, because that's not, I mean, that's what, five years ago? 2015. Oh, that's three years ago. Yeah. 
So already YouTube is a Actually, thing. Exactly already exactly three years ago. Really? It was yeah. Oh wow. So um, so YouTube's already a thing. You mm. know about these platforms. Yeah. Um, are you an expert in these I'm technological not an expert in things? No, 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 no. I learned how to edit. So when I was doing the cooking videos before the Oprah thing, it was just six short videos. Um, we had a friend, a family friend, who did all the filming and editing. So I didn't know anything about the technical side. He was just sweet and decided to do me a favor. So when I started doing my own stuff, I would, in the middle of the night when I was breastfeeding my youngest kid, that was like the only time I had because life is busy, I would Google like how to edit. And like I taught my, or which button to press on camera to make it work, to make the little red light appear. <laughs> I mean, I've, I'm clueless when it comes to techie stuff. So I put in the hours and like taught myself and I can't tell you how many times I record a video and then realize, wow, that didn't record or wow, that's the sound was off. Yes. Oh yes. Man, I mean, good. I made so many mistakes yeah. or trying to edit something and accidentally deleting the whole thing and not having a back. I mean, just stupid oh. mistake. I, so you, you had your own film school. Yes. There was one video. I think I reshot five times. Even oh the no. breastfeeding one, I reshot three times. The, the third thing is what ended up. Not because I was like, I don't like the way I said it, but because you couldn't hear me or see me. Like, there's, there was a problem because I didn't know. And it was a good camera. It wasn't the camera's fault. It was Christina's yeah. fault. So, so with you, what you're doing currently, are you, do you have a crew or is it, now, are you still you? Now I get to, so now I have somebody that comes over and films and edits. I have all the editing say, so I'll be like, no, you know. But, um, but I don't have to press buttons. But they do a rough cut for you, and then you come Yes. Out. Ah, yeah. Yes. Look See, out. when you put in Big the time. work, eventually. Yeah. So that, that makes it. And it's great, because they're actually really creative people, and they're really good friends. And I we have this like this mutual respect for each other that's not competitive. You know, and if if he says, hey, this isn't working. I don't take it personally. You know what I mean? Like just this really wonderful. It takes wonderful, a while to get there. Yeah. Yeah. This wonderful relationship that I think is so important, especially for artists that you can stand your ground and say, I need it this way. But at the same time, hear other people out because, you know, we don't know it all. Right. That whole. But it's all about knowing the goal. Do you have yes. the same goal? The same. The goal needs to be. Yes. How do we make this the best? Yes. And then nothing's personal. Yes. But man, does it take a while to get yeah. there. Oh, man. So, um, but that's just recent that I have. Um, that's yeah. Oh. That's that's oh really? So even yeah. even so, so that was, the whole first year. Or oh what? my gosh, this is like uh, six months, seven months that I've had help. So what is the craziest? So hold on. Oh, okay. let me put it this way. Yeah. So, okay. So my videos take off, blah blah blah, and then I get contacted by a bunch of companies that are like, "Hey, will you make videos for us? We'll pay you to make videos for us." And I finally sign a deal with a company I'm no longer with, but I was with for a year called Little Things. And I oh signed, yeah, I've seen that. Yeah. yeah so I, I sign a contract with them, and they're going to pay me a salary to make videos. But I have to make six videos a month. This is before I had any help. So I'm shooting six videos myself, editing, doing everything, while trying to raise three kids. Um, it was a lot. That is a lot. And so I did that for a year, and then I got my crew. And now I'm no longer with the company and do my own thing. Wow. Yeah. And so now it's and so now there's not really an agenda kind of thing. It's more you're just talking about. I mean, how are you even coming up with what you want to talk about? Um, whatever is on my mind, I whatever I'm struggling with or I'm thinking about, I figure probably a lot of other moms are too. Mm. So it's all inspired by my everyday life. Got it. And not everything is about motherhood. Most of it is, but not everything is. Right. Yeah, because some of it, you talked about self-esteem. You talked about yeah. gratitude. Yeah. Um, just, you know, normal human things yeah. as well. <laughs> yes. Um, um yeah, because but that has to be wild because three kids just day to day, it's a lot. moment to moment. Yeah, 
who even knows what's going to happen? Right. The surprise, the surprise field trip. Yeah, the surprise field trip. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Yeah, that's uh, my that favorite. Did, yeah. Hey, we have to have four thousand <laughs> snacks tomorrow. Yeah. Can that happen? And you find this out at like, eleven p.m. Yes. You're like, what? How? <laughs> yeah. And then, you're, and then the, you're doing the 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 bank balance thing. Like, <laughs> all right, well. What can I get at Costco? <laughs> you know, right. Does does it count if I give each person a cashew? Does, <laughs> right. You know, like how exactly. does this, how does that go? A uh, raisin, so, a kid. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Yes. All done. Thank you. Yeah. But like uh, yesterday, I had a list of things I had to get done. Like I had to get done because I have a new video coming out today, and I'm writing a book, and I have a deadline for my you know publisher, and I owe this one magazine an interview, and then I have a speaking gig coming out, and I just I have this long list of things I had to get done, and then. I get a phone call. You need to meet with the guidance counselor. Everything's fine at the high school. So I had to do that. Then my daughter's like, oh, my gosh, mom, I'm so sorry. I forgot this and this and this. So I'm running there. And then the preschool calls. And it was I found myself just going. I, I had to laugh because, you know, years ago I would have cried. But now I've learned to just laugh at everything and just go, well, OK, I will start my to do list at 10 p.m. and not sleep tonight. And that's just life. And that's OK. Yeah. So that that has probably been the biggest, weirdest thing for me this last year of just like the constant quicksand yeah like and then i'm just looking Don't around plans. and yeah it's weird because <laughs> I, I look yeah. at other people like this is wrong right and they're like no welcome to the suck and i'm just yeah. like what yeah. what you can't you can't here's the thing every plan you have it's in pencil now you're not using a sharpie anymore dan no more sharpies it's all in pencil easily erasable because it's the likelihood of you actually doing what you planned on doing that day yeah. is unlikely and what how do you how do you get past the attitude tank that happens because I'll all of a sudden be just like what and then like my attitude's in the total yeah. gutter because I'm like I'm not getting the stuff done I need you get, and then I'm like and trying not to take it out on people you know why but, because you wrote it with a sharpie but if you write it with a pencil then you're like oh yeah that was that was obviously meant to be erased <laughs> that was that was not really meant to stay so giving here. yourself the out Yes, and then also just embracing the chaos. I think a lot of times it's like, why is it chaotic? Why is it unpredictable? I want to clean it up and make it perfect or run away from home. And those are not good options, either of those. So you have to just go, it is what it is, and I'm going to embrace it and make the most of that. Because if I try to fight it, I will turn into a monster, and my kids will hate me, and I can't afford that much therapy. Right. There you for go. Them. I'm saving you for money. Them. Not for yes. you, well, for, for, ev- for, for everybody. For the whole family oh, therapy family and individual therapy. for everyone. <laughs> We're talking hours, <laughs> hours and hours. hours. Yes. So instead of that, I'm saving you money by saying embrace the chaos. All right. All right. Stop pining for what you think it should be and accept what is. There you go. There it is. Write that on a t-shirt. <laughs> Put that on a t-shirt. <laughs> okay, all right. I'm, so we've got two, two chapters a right there. t-shirt line coming out. And soon. it's all my stuff. It's very soon. We're going to have to yeah. talk. Yeah, that's uh, I'm in, I'm opening up with Zach Anner. Uh, he's going to be my business partner. He's not so. allowed to. He's not allowed to cheat on my friendship with your friendship. Perfect. So, but like now, like it's crazy because I think I was just like on Facebook, and this is probably two years ago, and I'm just like scrolling through, and so this yeah. is the time of the meteoric rise is happening, yeah. and all of a sudden I get this thing. It's like this mom's about to drop a truth bomb, <laughs> and I'm just like, who? And then it's you, and I'm like. I know her. <laughs> What's she doing? By the way, just for the record, I did not give myself that nickname, Truth Bomb Mom. That yeah. was the company I partnered with Little no, Things. Yeah. And the reason that's important is because I, I do feel like sometimes it sounds a little pretentious, like I'm going to tell you the truth. Whereas here's the truth. I don't know the whole truth, and I need people helping me figure out the truth. 
that would be a well, that never name. that never that never translated. Okay, I, good, I, I good. never got that. It was more like because I thought it was like, oh, that's some corporate sheen. That's what I took it to be. That's some corporate sheen. Okay. Because then you're like, so this is a plunger. And this, yes. is, and this is me eating ice cream. And my child hates me. Yes. And all of that. Yeah. Uh, and so it was just really wild. Like even even uh, talking to my wife, I was like, oh, so I'm going to connect with Christina about this interview. And she's like, who? And I was like, oh, you know her as this. And, I, yes. and she was like, oh, yeah, I've seen those videos. I'm like, yeah, yeah. yeah. Yeah, everyone's seen those videos. They're, they're all over the place. But It's funny. Somebody said you should introduce yourself in every video because everybody knows your face, but they don't necessarily know your name. Well, and then I'm you like, become one of those actors. Yeah, yeah, exactly. That, you're from the thing. Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> and, th- and that works out. But so now your driver's seat. Yeah. Obviously, you're, you know, things, it looks pretty nice. Yeah. Um, what, you, what, you, uh, what you're working on. But then do you feel the, the do you feel the pressure to... Make sure that your, you know, whether it's views or or likes or, you know, do you get into that dopamine issue of the likes and the... I used to. Mm-hmm. I felt pressure to, you know, keep growing. And then, um, you know, once, once there were publishers contacted me and it was obvious that the publishers were contacting me because of my views and my following, because unfortunately that matters, you know, like it's not just about we think you have a good story like who's gonna buy the book um i start feeling a little pressure of like oh my gosh if i maybe maybe they won't be interested anymore if my following isn't growing blah blah blah. and then uh, just recently i have no idea what happened but just recently i just don't care anymore about like i don't check the numbers as much i used to actually at one point i used to take a screenshot every monday of my facebook following to see how much it's growing a week i have not done that in months Mm -hmm. and i have no temptation to it now granted not to sound because I know how it is at the beginning. So I don't want anyone who's starting out to I want to be transparent is what I'm saying. I have over two million followers now. Mm-hmm. So I feel like I'm good. Like yeah. like if, yeah. if I You have critical mass. If if fifty years from now I still I have not grown another follower, but I can keep the two million I'm good. Right. But at the beginning I think it's harder because you want to grow it because sure. that's the only way people are gonna well, you're opening every email. Yes. Yes. <laughs> oh, I got another follower. Yeah. Yeah, and, totally. And, and you you know that if you're going to turn it into a career, if it's right. not just a hobby, the sure. following will matter. Well, and the, and the checking is is two things, I guess, because because checking that and and having it to me, I think of key performance indicators. Yeah. That's a smart move. Yeah. You want to know if what you're doing is working. So there's yeah. that. But if you're also doing that and then saying I'm a good person today because right. Right. you're drawing that weird yeah. like emotional content issue don't for yeah your self-confidence in those numbers <laughs> in likes yeah because that's don't. really a no thing. and that's that's what's scary about like my kids are not on social media yet but all their friends are and and i'm yeah, gonna have here. to approve it any same second here now and we said ninth grade uh, my kid is finishing ninth and i'm still holding oh on. wow my oldest. i'm still holding on nice. but i think part of it is because i've been like my job is to do facebook right um I, I know the benefits and the great things about it, but I also know the negative parts of it. The ranting. And yes, and I'm so glad it didn't exist when I was a teenager because you're still figuring out who you are and so much of your self-esteem, unfortunately, is based on what other people think of you. Yeah. And if I was still that person, my goodness, I'd be miserable right. having a job on social media. And, like, I get so much hate. I, I would take. Oh, yeah. I would take it so personally if yeah. I was 20 or 15. 
Wow, I guess I didn't even think about that because all I'm seeing, I'm like, wow, killing it, nice. Oh, but, there but is, everybody. But that makes sense. I mean, if I think about it for two seconds, yeah. it totally makes sense. If Jesus was on Facebook, <laughs> I mean, he, he would, would have, get so much hatred. Do you think he would have 12 followers, maybe 13? I mean, I'm not going to say he'd have more than me, but <laughs> just kidding. <laughs> just kidding. Oh uh, I think he'd be rocking it. Well, that's sacrilege. So <laughs> that's our show today. And that's. Uh, <laughs> I'm trying to think of like. But even Jesus had haters. Like, I'm trying to think of someone who you wouldn't think of as having... Like, okay, the cutest little puppy can talk for some crazy reason and has its own Facebook page and has never heard a soul will have haters. Yeah, people are like, I so hate porgs. Right. Porgs <laughs> so you, are the worst. Yeah, so you can't take it personally. Like, yeah. you just can't. Right. But yeah, I get a lot of hate. You want to hear my favorite? Yes. Okay, my favorite is this one person who was obsessed with me and made sure to email me, comment on YouTube, comment on Facebook, comment on Instagram... That they, I, I'm all about being honest and authentic, but they know that I'm really a man and what? they can tell by my jawline, which what? made me run to the mirror and check on my jawline. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> immediately complex. Uh, yeah. I'm like, I've never been insecure about my jawline, but let me just look at it. Um, <laughs> so they know that I'm a man who had surgery to become a woman. And how dare I let anyone call me the truth bomb mom when I'm not even being truth about my gender. Dun, dun, dun. Is that the best I mean, that's the best. I actually have a screenshot. That is jaw-dropping. Comment, like, I was like, I want to keep this forever because this is so good. That's unbelievable. But it's funny. That you got to find the humor Oh, in that. totally. Like, what? I mean, I want to send them a therapist. Right. Obviously, there's a lot going on yeah, there. Yeah, there's a lot going on there. Because they just told you a lot about that. But here's the thing. Here's the thing. If I'm a 16-year-old girl on social media and I oh get this gosh. comment, I, I am going to go have jaw surgery. <laughs> Right. I, do you know what I mean? You're going to ask will, everyone. There's going to be a poll. Yes. There's going to be, yes. and then and then very sensitive about it forever. Yes. Because right, I will be. I will. That 16 year old girl will turn into a 50 year old woman who's still self conscious about her jaw and like counters its, its like right. makeup, whatever. Counters, not counter. Um, <laughs> I'm Croatian. This is my second language. So anyway, th that's the thing. When you're 16, you can't. You don't have the grasp to know this isn't about me. Right. That's why I'm like, kids, let's stay off the social media because you're yeah. going to get hate and you're not going to be able to handle the fact that it's right. not about you. Right. It not has nothing you. to do with no. you. It has to do with envy. It has to do yeah. with comparison. I started uh, doing these little videos. They haven't aired yet where I just each video is just like 30 seconds to a minute. I just answer a question from a viewer. And one of the questions I get a lot and I just answered the other day um, was how do you handle haters? And. When I read it, the first thing I thought of, and I said, oh, I was like, I don't handle them because they're not mine to handle. Like, it's not my job to handle them. It's about them. So, yes, if you're young and you're on social media, it's not yours to handle. I, How many 16-year-olds are listening to this podcast right uh, now? So many. We're saving so lives. Many, so many. They're like Disney Channel, then this podcast. Yes. Just wait. Just say, I don't even know if 16-year-olds really watch no, Disney Channel I anymore. No, I'm going to no, go with Probably no. not. I'm going to say yes. Netflix. Yes, there you go. And then... I'm watching Marvel Runaways, <laughs> then this podcast. Yes. That's what's happening. A lot of, lot of Riverdale. Mm. A lot of Riverdale. Yeah. That's going to be my guess. Um, <laughs> I think that's a good segue leading into the lightning round. Dun, dun, dun. So these are uh, some questions. Uh, I, don't, I don't do math. I'm just you telling you right now. I'm not doing math <laughs> or chemistry. Okay. Yes. I'm not. Quickly. <laughs> discover the peptide bond of What? Yeah. Anyway, um, and, and that's why mitochondria is the powerhouse <laughs> of the cell. Just like that. Are we still English? Are we yeah. still doing English here? Yeah. I didn't understand it. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so these are based on the questions uh, by Bernard Pivot. Um, and uh, are you ready? I, I'm so ready. Okay. What 
are you looking forward to in 2018? Uh, finishing writing my book. Boom. What is a book or audiobook that you've liked in the past year? Ooh, you know what? Uh, Love Warrior by Glennon Doyle Melton. I, I think she's just Glennon Doyle now. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, right. Uh, yes. That was good. Excellent. What is a movie that we should see before we die? Oh, man, just one? Just one. Oh, really just one? Just one. Oh, blah, blah, blah. I'm going to say Forrest Gump. Forrest Gump? But if a I great, really thought about choice. it, yeah, I'd probably have like five. Yeah, well, I can't. Yeah. When people That's talk hard. about movies, I'm like, yeah. How long are we talking? Yeah. What genre? <laughs> What's the runtime? Right. Okay. Um, what is your favorite sound? Oh, a newborn baby crying. I love newborns. I would want to have, like, I would want to have 13,000 children if they all just were like newborns and didn't actually turn into children, like, you know, bigger humans. I mean, I love my kids, but I can only handle three big humans. Right. But the newborn cry, oh my gosh, I love it so and much. And then, and it, it means different things, yeah? Yeah, but there's something about like the, oh, 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 I can't do it. Anyway, um, my, my friend is about to have a baby and I've already told her, like, if you wake up in the morning and the baby's not there. It's, it's not been kidnapped. It's just in my house. <laughs> I am that psycho. Wow. Um, what is your least favorite sound? Uh, whiny people who are whining because they're just sitting on their butt and whining and not doing it. I can't handle Somebody whining about their life but not doing anything to better it. Oh, my goodness. All right. Where do you find, <laughs> where do you find inspiration? Um, currently? Well, it's a mixture. Part of it is my kids because I just, I, I really want to raise good, kind humans. And in order to do that, I have to be a good, kind human all the time. And that's really annoying that I have to be an example. Um, but that inspires me. And then also the, the emails and letters and all that that I get from moms who are like, you help me through a day. And then on days when I'm like, oh, what's the point of all this? And I want to quit, which we all go through. Uh, one of those letters will make me go, oh, my gosh, I, I can do this and I got to do this. And there's a goal here. And what is what do you define as success? What's success for you? I think marrying your passion with what the world needs and just using that. It's not about the paycheck, it's not about the views, it's not about anything. Like, are you fulfilled and are you doing something good? Are you adding good to the world and it's fulfilling you? How's that? I like it. I like it. Um, and how do you vacation? Are you a relaxed vacation person or an adventure vacation person? Oh, now relax. Before kids adventure. Now I'm like, there's enough adventure happening every day in my house. Hand me a margarita and a beach and don't ask me to wipe you. Don't ask me to pick anything up. Don't ask me to handle an argument. I just, I want to sit here and I don't want to be asked to do anything except drink and eat. I like it. I like it. What uh, profession other than your own would you like to attempt? I mean, I told you earlier when you handed me a mic, a rock star would be awesome, but I can't sing. So I could be like a Millie Vanilli rock star. <laughs> just just any time the uh, lip sync rock star yeah. thing starts rolling out. Like if you ever see it. me at a karaoke bar, I will be up there. It won't be pretty. You won't <laughs> like it. But guess who's having fun? I am. <laughs> Now, what profession would you not like to do? Oh, anything in the medical field. I can't. I can't do blood. Like I love doctors and nurses. I have so much respect for. Some of my closest friends are doctors and nurses. I cannot handle blood. I don't want anyone peeing on me or vom. I've been peed on and I've been vomited on by my children. I don't think I could want to do that every day for the rest of my life. I have so much respect for those people that do that. Yeah, a lot of fluids. 
a lot of bodily fluids yeah. on your own skin mm. every day. <laughs> yeah, that's hope no one's eating lunch. Yeah, so sorry. <laughs> Don't eat lunch during this podcast. <laughs> and what do you what do you think is the best reward? Um, this is gonna sound so cheesy, but just love and acceptance. I think, I think most important, like acceptance for who you are. And like even at your worst, like just that somebody being able to love you through your worst and also through your, I j- there's nothing better in life, I think. Excellent. So we can find you on social media, YouTube, Christina Kuzmich. Yeah. Kuz- Kuzmich. Christina with a K. Christina with a K. And then K-U-Z-M-I-C. Kuzmich. You're pronouncing it correctly. Most people say Kuzmic or Kuzmic. Really? Yeah. Oh. Kuzmich. It's Croatian, you guys. Yeah. yeah. So we're a global world now. Yeah. Get with it. I'd sing it for you, but <laughs> right. And I'll put notes. I'll put links in the show notes uh, of this so everybody can find you. Um, and then your website, like your website, you're doing like some recipes lately. Well, it's it's actually all older recipes. Oh, okay. I haven't added anything new. I just like to share. I don't have time right it's now okay to, to recycle. add new recipes, but um, I can tell you that everything on that website, all the recipes are things I love, like genuinely love. Sweet. Yeah. And we can check them out. Yeah. Paleo. What? Some of them. I have a section <laughs> called carbs. Carbs. And then I have another section, separate section called Nutella, and then a separate section sugar high. I do have some healthy stuff, but my point is, no. <laughs> <laughs> okay. All right. Well, Christina, thank you so much for being on the show. Thank you for having me. And that's our show. I want to thank Christina Kuzmich for being on and telling us about her story. You can connect with her on Twitter and Instagram. Facebook or even YouTube. I'll put some links in the show notes so you can just click on them and connect right to her. Um, There's also show notes on danportnoy.com. Thank you for listening. You can find me on Twitter and Instagram at danportnoy. Or if you've got questions about creativity or the show or anything like that, you can email me dan at portnoymediagroup.com. You can find us on Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts. If you would leave me a review about the show, be super incredible and uh, helps me get the word out um, on the show. Some of you have already done that, and I so appreciate it. Well, for the cast of thousands, my name's Dan Portnoy. Have a great one and be safe.